Howdy, friends. Welcome back to Experience Design with Tony Dosat. I happen to be Tony Dosat. Whether this is your first time tuning in or you've come back for more, I want to thank you for joining me. And if you find value in what you're hearing, please do take a moment to subscribe and leave a review. It's always greatly appreciated. And with that, what do you say we jump into the interview? All right. I am here with Alex Cohen, and I want to thank you for being here, Alex. I am thrilled to be here. I'm actually quite honored you asked me to be here. Oh, wasn't that flattering for me? Um, by happenstance, Alex and I actually, this is our second job where we've been in the same building together. Actually, at Sabre, we're on the same, technically the same team as well. Right. But we didn't interact too much, but uh, I saw you from afar, and I got a flutter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's dive in here. I'm going to do a little, I've called it before, some LinkedIn stalking, okay? Intern, we started out as an intern. We uh, quickly moved to the Richards Group. You were a brand manager there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then we went to Avery Foster, senior account executive. Then we jumped over to OvenBits, account lead. And then Sabre, where you and I met. And you started as a senior product marketing manager for the travel experience arm there. And then principal product manager for the travel experience. So before we jump into where we are today, which is Bottle Rocket, what does this mean? You know, like right. as far as my, my, my audience are mainly the quote unquote designers, you know, product sure. designers, UX, UI. More broadly, I think that we're all designers. However, if we look at up until Sabre, what does all this mean for you, what you did in your career? Sure. So, you know, my first job out of college was a brand manager at the Richards Group. It was a huge advertising agency here in Dallas. Um, and really, it is kind of managing relationships on um, on, on the business side, right? And so um, at an advertising agency, of course, there's many, many clients. And so as a brand manager, you're kind of just um, the liaison between the agency and the client. You're trying to understand their business objectives. You're trying to understand mm-hmm. um, some of their strategic priorities and communicate that back to the agency. Um, and it, and at the Richards Group, you know, it's, it's a bunch of um, art directors and copywriters and media folks and developers and UX designers and information architects. And so it's like, you know, the Richards Group was very much um, the marketing arm to a lot of the brands that mm. um, were our clients. Um, and so it was my job to kind of break down our clients' business and articulate that back to the folks at the agency so that they can go out and, and deliver the goods. And, and the goods, in this case, um, at the Richards Group was it could have been branding, you mm-hmm. know, could have been like, you know, we're, we're, we're rebranding a big company or it could be uh, building a website or it could be um, trying to understand how to market to people in this new digital age. And so it was 2008 when uh, I started at the Richards Group and that was when digital was just blowing up, yeah. right? It was like digital started to be like a really interesting space to play in. And I was lucky enough to um, kind of dip my toe into the ad tech space. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about like um, targeted marketing and, and, and 
um, digital display and building websites for brands. Um, so really kind of um, started my path for digital in the advertising space. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then pivoted to, we jumped to... Uh, Avery Foster. Yeah. Yeah, Avery, Avery Foster. Foster um, it's a smaller agency. It's a B2B agency uh, pretty much. And so um, I went from a large agency, about you know 700 people, to an agency of, of 30. They were really trying to grow their digital arm, mm-hmm. their digital discipline. And so they brought me on because I had a lot of that experience. And so tried to build up that discipline a little bit and, and figure out how they could play in that space a little bit too. And so it was cool. It was way different. You know, getting my my feet wet with B2B was pretty cool because it's a way different animal. But, you know, they have, they, like the businesses and consumers, have very different problems that they're trying to solve. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, you're just trying to better understand what their customers are trying to do, mm-hmm. um, what problems they have, what motivations, aspirations, struggles, frustrations. Um, so it's very similar. B2B, B2C, B2B2C. It's all very similar in that you have to truly understand the problems that they're facing and articulate that back yeah. to designers, developers, whoever it is, so that we can ensure that we're delivering value to the business and to their customers. So let's jump all the way to Bottle Rocket and yeah. what you do now. Is it similar um, yeah. to your trajectory so far? Yeah. So I have a I have an interesting title. My title is Client Partner, Director of Strategy and Transformation. Okay. Um, and so essentially, I kind of live at the intersection of product management and account management. And so account meaning the client account meaning the client. And so essentially what I'm doing is I'm working with a cross-functional team, both on the client side. So um, you think about marketing people, you think about IT people, mm-hmm. you think about finance people. Um, so kind of a cross-functional team over on the client side, as well as a cross-functional team over here at Bottle Rocket. You think about designers, you think about developers, you think about QA, you think about all these different people. Yeah. And just trying to articulate and motivate um, the people over here at Bottle Rocket to understand the true business problems that our clients have, solving that through, uh, you know, technical and digital ways, right? And so it's pretty cool. What's so interesting to me is as designers, a lot of times we focus on the user's needs and we only become better at our craft in serving the user's needs when we identify those business needs and pain points as well. Right. So do you... Do you look at it as as a whole from end to end? Do you ever think of the user and what their needs are? Or in your role, is it strictly c- like client forward? Absolutely think about the customer. Yeah. Um, because our clients are solving for their customers and users' needs. Mm-hmm. And so um, absolutely. And I come from a, you know, a product management kind of philosophy is that you have to operate with empathy in everything that you do, whether you're dealing with clients, whether you're dealing with their users, Mm. whether you're dealing with your internal team here, whether you're dealing with your leadership, you know, whatever it is, um, operating with empathy um, and trying to put yourself in the shoes of whoever you're dealing with or whoever you're serving in a way is a path to better outcomes. Mm. Um, I think that's really cool. The the phrase being a being of service and being a servant to these people, you know, and operating with empathy, what what does that mean to you exactly? 
it can mean a lot of different things, but how do you truly understand behaviors, aspirations, motivations, struggles of anybody that you're dealing with, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I just had a son five weeks ago. Yeah. How do I try to operate with empathy with him? It's remarkably challenging (laughs) because (laughs) I just can't figure it out yet. Or you, th- or I think about my wife who is up at all hours of the night mm. trying to soothe our our new son Joe. How do you just operate with empathy? What is she going through? Um, how can I help serve her? How can I help serve our little man Joe? Same thing with our our clients. You know, what are some of their personal aspirations mm-hmm. within a large organization? What are the some of the things that they're having having to deal with in order to get a really cool product funded and so forth. And how do they go out to the market and solve a customer's need? Um, So it it is very much thinking about end to end. Um, And it's really, you know, how do you get as close to your customers as possible? I'm always reminding myself, how do I get closer to our customers? And how do I get closer to our customers' customers? Um, Because the more you talk to them, the more you're vulnerable with them, Mm -hmm. um, the more you understand everything about them and the the way that they see the world. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it makes me think of, there's, um, I don't know if it's a quote or if it's just something that's passed around on social media where it's, you know, be kind and empathetic to everyone because you have no idea what they're going through and what their life is. And if we sort of parlay that into client relationships, if I'm on a call or a presentation and it seems like there's a disconnect or they're not plugged in, I have no idea what the first half of their day was like. I don't know what meetings they had internally or personal matters that have been influencing their day. No doubt. And a lot of times it's like, man, you got to take a breath and go, I can't be frustrated right now because I, again, I have no idea what their day has been like. And we're going to plug in and get there, but just have some empathy to get there. No. Yeah. You know, something that I that I'm reminded of here at Bottle Rocket, a lot of our leadership um, on the client relationship side is, is always tells folks like me, kind of run towards the tension. Like if you feel a tension. Yeah, what is that? Unpack that for us. Yeah, and so, um, you know, we work with large organizations that have really complex systems that they work within. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to build product on their behalf. And so they're dealing with a lot of things and we're dealing with a lot of things trying to get the, the product right. And so if if we're shipping something to market and it isn't quite right, um, or if they're, you know, kind of scratching their heads like, why, why did they, exa- why, why did you do it that way? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of sense a, a slight tension. You know, our directive is to run toward that tension. Try to understand what that tension is and unpack it. You know, how are they seeing that tension? How do we see that tension and don't move over that tension, don't move under that tension, but move through that tension. Try to better understand what's causing it. Because yeah. when you can verbalize it and talk about it out loud, become vulnerable again, mm-hmm. um, it's amazing the things that you can overcome. And so I just kind of remind myself of that is, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a hard conversation. And, and we, and as, a, as part of my role, 
it's I'm responsible to have those kind of hard conversations to ensure that the client relationships, mm. you know, is sustainable and is healthy. But if you can run towards that tension, better understand kind of how they see the situation and talk out loud about it, it's amazing what kind of outcomes you can you can see. Do you ever feel like uh, a therapist? In a lot of ways, yeah. Um, it's it's funny that you say that because both internally, you know, at Bottle Rocket, you kind of see the whole field, right? Mm-hmm. As, as a person in my position, you're dealing with a lot of different people. Um, and you can see the field. Like, I played soccer all my life, and I was a goalie. And so I could see the field. I could see every play that was going mm. on. And when something came to me, there was a breakdown, right? Mm-hmm. A breakdown in the defense, breakdown in something. And yeah. so I could see where that happened. And so I relate a lot of my work today to seeing the entire field, trying to understand where the breakdown was, and then run towards that tension and try to fix it mm-hmm. so it doesn't really happen again. And if they get to that goalie, it's like, it's like, man, what happened? <laughs> but it happens. Yeah. Um, and we can get one back because you got to play offense and defense. Little side story. I was also the goalie. Oh. You know, <laughs> looking at my physique, it shouldn't surprise anyone. But <laughs> I used to wear boots to practice. <laughs> and not like cowboy boots. Yes, we are in Texas. But lace up, like hiking boots. And uh, the coach always called me boots. And I'll never forget one game. The ball came to me. I got it. I was like, sweet. I blocked it. <laughs> I do a punt. It goes completely vertical. Behind me and into the goal. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, proud moment for my parents. It's no surprise I went into theater. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. So, so going so going back to what we were talking about, going through the tension and understanding it. I mean, it it is about relationships, personal relationships, client relationships. Nothing can be under the rug. Because at, at the end of the day, if it's under the rug, the product's going to be terrible. The relationship's over. I'm just wondering what what kind of tangible skills might you might you suggest to someone who is dealing with a difficult situation and how to navigate that? Yeah, that's a great question, and I think a lot of it comes with experience and just having those types of conversations. But kind of my advice would be just to be authentic. And everything that you do and everything that you Mm. see, call it like it is, right? As soon as you try to brush something under the rug or you try to go around that tension in a way, it's going to come back and bite you. Mm -hmm. And so don't be afraid to have the hard conversations and just be open, authentic, and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how much closer you can get to somebody and solve a problem or solve a need. And I kind of just use that as not just in, in, in work, but in life, you know? Yeah. Be authentic and open and vulnerable. There's there's a great book called um, Scary Close that uh-huh. talks a little bit about that. And I'd highly recommend it to anybody who is trying to get closer to people, mm-hmm. um, whether that's from a design perspective, whether that's from a client relation perspective, whether that's from a life perspective. It's just a really easy kind of eye-opening read. Scary mm-hmm. close. It really makes me think of, you know, I see a lot of memes on Instagram, especially because I, I follow a bunch of designers and on Reddit and things, where the meme 
is comedic and it demonizes the client. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things that are like little pet peeves or stuff that it's like, okay, I get it. but Make the logo bigger. Yeah, like yeah. that color. But they're demonized because they don't understand. And we haven't, we haven't welcomed their, them into our world. Mm-hmm. Something that I think we do very well here at Bottle Rocket. But I think it's really important for designers to hit the brakes and say, let's not demonize the client. Let's be in this together. I need to understand you. You need to understand me. Right, right. And, you know, the the many, many designers that I work with are so good at understanding people and understanding situations and trying to solve for the, for a need. You know, use that skill in trying to get closer to people, whether it's a, a client or a user, is, you know, use that learning culture that so many designers just have embedded into their brain mm-hmm. um, to get closer to the operating with empathy with the, with the clients as well. You yeah, know, what are the, it's all empathy. Um, you know, how, how might you better understand the problems that they're facing internally at, uh, at an organization? Um, I think it'll actually inform a lot of the product decisions that you're putting into whatever you're working on. Yeah. So let me ask you this in a little pivot here. Yeah. Aside from the newborn baby, what is getting you up in the morning and what is sort of, what are some of your passions right now? Work-related or not work-related? Let's do both. Um, work-related. Um, you know, I my, my job is hard to explain to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way that I think about it is it's at the intersection of product management and account management. And I try to master, I'm, I try to master my craft. And so always learning about new product management fundamentals. I'm passionate about product, um, whether from a business perspective, a technology perspective or a design perspective. Um, and so I'm always reading up on, you know, product management principles. And a lot of that just anchors back to empathy. How do you get closer to your customers? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you... You know, a lot of a lot of people say um, the way that you maximize value and minimize risk is getting closer to your customers. Um, and so, how how might I figure out ways to get anybody and everybody who's working on a product closer to their customers? You know, it's it's a really easy thing to wrap your head around and say, yeah, we need to get close to our customers, we need to get closer to our users. But then you go about your day to day, and you quickly forget. Yeah, to talk to customers or users. So how how do we create discipline and rigor around getting close to our customers? Because at the end of the day, we're solving their needs. And if we're solving their needs, our users' needs, we're solving the business need. Mm-hmm. And so just trying to figure out ways to get closer to our customers and from a even from a process perspective here at a, a organization like Bottle Rocket or just I work at our at our synagogue on, on on a couple of things, and it's like you know we're trying to solve a lot of different problems, and the way that we better understand those problems is talking to people. Like mm-hmm. so, um, that's what I'm really passionate about is trying to figure out ways to get close to our customers mm-hmm. um, or users or anybody to try to understand their needs. That's sweet. Yeah. And now personal. And now personal. What am I really passionate about? I'm really passionate about lawn and gardening. That's right. Um, <laughs> You've got a green thumb. I, I do. Um, or is every finger green? I think I've got green arms. <laughs> um, do you have sort of a lush garden going on? Um, I have a lush landscape. I tried to grow vegetables in a garden. Garden. Oh, okay. and I see. I'm failed, not a pro, so <laughs> failed miserably. 
So uh, the landscaping side is where you you thrive. Oh, I wouldn't say thrive. It's where I play. It's my space. Do you know all like the plant names and all that stuff? Or is I'm it- getting there. I'm no pro. It's really a a creative outlet for me. It's kind of my oh, yeah. escape. I mean, like talk about failing fast and failing often. Like <laughs> man, like that is where I fail. But I fail forward, and then I grow from it. And it's just a way to try new things and to, like, operate with empathy. And, and, and gardening is, like, operating with nature, and that is a beast to deal with. Um, Unforgiving. But it's awesome. Like, that's, that's what I do with, with my days when I'm free is get out in the yard and try new stuff. That's great. Yeah. I wish I could – I wish I did that more. Of course, where we live now, like, we don't really have control of that, but um, – mm. mm. So before I get to my last question that I ask every guest, where can people find you um, to connect? Yeah, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm also a co-host of uh, Product Tank here in DFW, um, where we bring in um, speakers on a monthly basis to talk about product stuff. Product Tank is really just a way to bring passionate product people together and, and just help each other understand how to hone the craft. That's cool. I didn't um, know that you did that. Yeah, I love it, man. It's it's awesome. I've met so many cool people and learned so many things. Um, so find me on LinkedIn. I'm not really a Twitter guy. Um, you know, I've heard that a lot. Neither am I. Yeah. I'll do like a tweet every few months. And yeah. And it just goes off into the ether. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you either love it or kind of meh. Yeah. So hit me up on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now for the final question I ask every guest. What is one thing that you own or possess, non-digital, that means the most to you or or has impacted your life the most and why? I love this question. And I kind of gave it away earlier, but it's a shovel. Oh, go on. It's a shovel um, because, like I said earlier, I love playing in the garden. I love escaping into a creative space um, where I can try new things I can play in the dirt and I can kind of just relax and not think about anything except getting my hands dirty and, and, and being creative with, with flowers and shrubs and vegetables and herbs and all these things. It's really um, stimulating to me. And what's really cool is I built this this garden right before my son was born in the hopes that we could like garden together and that oh, yeah. he would like really get into it. Um, just that thought alone, like, gets me super excited just to spend time outside with my son um, whenever whenever that time comes. But, um, you that. know, where we could teach each other lessons on creativity and failure and persistence. Yeah. It's just a cool thought. That is really cool. Yeah. There's, there is, there's an element of play when it comes to gardening and landscape that uh, is really fun. And there's, a, there's like a community garden close to our house that we can walk to and um we we take the kids out there and they just love it you know (laughs) the ladybugs the dirt it's endless man you just go with abandon and it's like amazing the things that you'll see and they talk about later Mm. um i don't know i just love nature and seeing it grow yeah or seeing it die that too that happens a lot to me um but there's (laughs) less there's there's lessons there yeah and it's cool well, I want to thank you. This was awesome. For coming out here. I really appreciate it. This really flew by for me. And uh, let's have you on next season. I dig it. Thanks, man. 
All right, friends, with that, we will call it a week. Again, I want to thank my guest and thank you for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you did, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening. Also, if you want to look behind the scenes and have even more design goodies in your face and in your ears, you can follow Experience Design on Instagram at xdpodcast. Until next time, friends, stay curious. Experience Design with Tony Dosat is part of XD Media, LLC. All opinions are my own and do not reflect those of my current or former employers. Hosting and publication of the podcast is through Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout.